The Vancouver release is here, at least in early availability. And once again, we have all four developer advocates to share their favorite features from App Engine, Automation Engine, and Platform. So come on along! Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious individuals that I always say with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. This one's highly focused on the tools, if you might have missed that hint. My name is Chuck Tomasi, Senior Developer Advocate at ServiceNow, and I am joined by the lovely and smart, always smiling Senior Developer Advocate, Lauren McManaman. How are you today, Lauren? I am fantastic. And my mother, who's my dentist, will be very happy to hear I'm always smiling and advertising her good work. <laughs> and today we are joined by not one, but two more advocates, Earl Duque and Pranav Bhagat, to share all of our favorite features in Vancouver. How are you today, Earl? I am doing well. Thanks for having me again. And Pranav? I'm doing well, too. Thanks for asking, Chuck. Pranav's got that awesome new mic. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he is coming through loud and clear now. That's great. Okay, we're going to keep this simple. We're going to start with number five. We picked five things each that we absolutely love about Vancouver in the App Engine, Automation Engine, and Platform space. So let's start with Lauren's first pick. So I really liked what Earl did last year. He had an overall cohesive theme to his top five favorites. And I will see if the listeners can pick up my theme by the end. But I will start out with my number five pick, which is the overall theming changes to Flow Designer. I think it's very important to showcase a mature product. And part of maturity is cohesion. So if something looks different than everything else, it's going to stand out and probably not in the best way. So I'm very happy that now everything in Flow Designer looks and feels like the current branding standard that ServiceNow has. Nice. Consistency is a good thing, especially as you evolve over time. Earl, you have a pick. I will spoil my theme this time at the beginning so you can all follow, around, follow along at home. But my theme is all around, uh, I think I did this last time too, things that make it easier and better for those that are in the platform day-to-day as developers, as admins, as people building and creating things inside ServiceNow. My first thing that I'll talk about is the SysEvent priorities capability that was introduced in Vancouver. So any of us that have done development or administration inside ServiceNow knows how bonkers the SysEvents table can get inside ServiceNow. And one of the things that they're introducing in Vancouver is the ability to prioritize certain events uh, within a custom queue. And so those events that need to happen first, even though there may be hundreds of other events queued up, uh, can be actually prioritized now. So we can move through the queue at the way we want to now. Just curious, Earl, do you have any thoughts on what you would bump to the top of the priority? Things like that are critical for the system to know who a person is. So anything that handles user or role uh, acquisitions, that kind of thing, anything that might cause an error if they are not handled first or may prevent something from becoming an error later. So those are the things I always think about first, that anything that can lead to mission critical situations. And then downgrade things like notifications. They don't have yeah. to go out right away. 
things that are okay to be cued, you know, the things that, Hey, <laughs> if this, if this can be sent out an hour later, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. House isn't going to burn down. <laughs> All right. Pranav one from your list. Yeah. So I'll be biased towards automation engine as well as platform security. That's because that's what I have worked a lot recently. So the first, my first pick will be the access analyzer. So this is something a really powerful feature. Like I can give you a, a bit of a context around it. Like in simple, it's like who has access to what in the, in the past, like when I was working as a developer, so I felt like I had a, I had some incidents or something come up like, oh, why this person is not able to access this particular artifact and service now. So I had to scratch my head and try to figure out, oh, how to debug this thing. I had to go through roles and everything. Now we have this access analyzer, which will tell you who has access to what. You just go into the list view of that particular record and just right click on it and do the access analyze. So you can able to see like which particular role is letting this user able to access this. So see how cool this is and super powerful. I feel like if it existed back in the day when I was a developer, it would have made my job easier. Thanks ServiceNow. <laughs> a lot of these features would have made our jobs easier if they were around 10 years ago. <laughs> I was like, say, where was this when I was a child? Exactly. Uh, my first pick is going to be the ability to edit data pills in Flow Designer. So we've all built out these long dot walked data pills and go, oh, I accidentally clicked on the record instead of drilling into it and clicking the right thing. And now you got to destroy the data pill and do it again. So the ability to have a data pill on the flow in, in you know, one of the input boxes and, and click it and be able to adjust it right there is going to save some time. Data pill editing. You are so lucky. That was very close to making my list. Or I guess I'm very lucky that wasn't a duplicate on my list. It was up there. What's your next one? Well, my next one. So again, this is contributing to my theme. My fourth pick is showcasing process automation designer processes inside of App Engine Studio. I don't like people ping-ponging all over the platform. It's my major reason why I heavily recommend both Studio and App Engine Studio. It's the consolidation of all of your work in one place. And for a long time, that was all of your work sans your, your processes. So having process automation designer executions visible, creatable, and editable in App Engine Studio, I think is very appropriate for what that is as far as it's technical difficulty compared to other things in App Engine Studio. And I think it was a necessary step to make towards the cohesion of that product. It's one of those things that you're surprised it didn't come out earlier, but it might've just been, you know, a developer bandwidth thing. Absolutely. Earl. Going along with my theme of making lives easier for devs and admins. My next thing, I think I'm going to pick the, the ability to add resource limits to applications. And so in Vancouver, oh, well, first, let's back up. Story time. This is a great way to introduce it because this is actually came up from a, a problem that came up for an actual company, one of our largest uh, users of ServiceNow, actually. They have a multi-tenant instance, production instance. And in their instance, they have uh, a bunch of dev groups doing different things. And one particular tenant group uh, was able to bring down their entire production instance because they uh, hogged up all of the transactions, all the resources of their production instance, all the nodes. 
based off of just what they created. And so ServiceNow saw that as a very critical um, item. And so they created the ability to add resource limits on scoped applications. And so now admins are going to be able to say, hey, this scoped application can only um, take up this percentage of REST API transactions or this percentage of events on the sysevents table or this many browser interactions uh, that happen at any given time, or this many scheduled jobs that are going to be taking over the instance at a single time. And so admins will have a little bit more control now over what they think different apps should be doing. And if they ever uh, get past those limits, then it warns them or just simply denies it so that you can monitor it or you can take action on it. So a little bit more control, especially for people like my background, who came from the university uh, and did ServiceNow development for universities where we have, I think my last workplace, we had 26 different organizations operating within ServiceNow, all with their own hierarchy, all within their own uh, groups and stuff like that. So having multi-tenants in instances is common for a lot of companies out there, but being able to control how much of those resources they have yeah. uh, is now something capable. Excellent. I'm sure that'll save a lot of people some problems down the road, even if they don't know they're going to have it yet. Pranav, you got another one for us? Yep. And I think like this feature, this particular thing is there in ServiceNow environment for some time now. That's UI Builder. But I haven't explored UI Builder briefly. Like uh, that's, I have just seen it and just maybe seen the updates and all. But but in Vancouver, there are some exciting improvements in the particular in terms of adding pop-up models or all these things that you might have seen in the tech now episode till now which have ignited my eagerness to try this particular product so my pick will be going ahead to try ui builder now it's it has made me excited about what they have done till now so thanks brad and the team is working on it thanks my next one is going to be around Decision Builder. It's been out for a few releases, and uh, we've talked to Julia Perlis from our product team on that. We've got some videos out there if you want to watch it. Way easier to maintain those flows and even uh, decision criteria within other parts of the platform that you may want to tap into that. Let people manage the data behind these decisions in your flows. Well, now it's possible right from the Decision Builder to test. You hit the test button and it comes up and says, oh, your decision table needs three inputs. Please provide values for these inputs. You can test them and check the outputs just to make sure that things are going. Prior to this, you had to go into the flow and run it like five, 10 times, depending on how many times you wanted to test it and with what parameters. So decision builder testing, much easier now. You have stronger validation, stronger proof that you're, you're decision table will behave the way you want it to. Especially tricky when you start getting into decision tables that are based around dates. I've done that before. Uh, the other one is uh, decision tables is publishing. Just like the old workflow editor, for those of you that remember that, you could check something out, make some modifications, test it before you publish it back into the, the public purview. You can do this with decision builder tables now too. So you can work on an unpublished copy, then publish it. And it's not available to your flows until it's published. So give that, you know, with testing and publishing, you've got even more confidence that it's going to work the way you want it to when it gets to production. 
I want to echo that point about the decision tables because half the time when I would be building applications, I would be thinking about the concept of the decision table prior to building the flow sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so beforehand, there was no way to test it. (laughs) So I'd have to like build half the decision table, then build like a rudimentary flow just to test the decision tables. So I I really stand by that decision to have a testing interface. That's really nice. I think I have a number of flows that are just like, this is here only to test this decision table. I'll build the rest of the complex logic later. Background scripts for days. Yeah, right. (laughs) Background scripts for days. Well, that again, I really like that one. It's on my list because I didn't participate with my theme, but my next one will be the Flow Designer homepage revamp. Any user of Flow Designer knows when they log into it, or excuse me, if they go to that specific application, they are met with a alphabetical list of every flow that has ever been made. And the first thing I usually do is filter on application or, or just like get this list down to something more manageable. Even if you log in through App Engine Studio, so you're within an app scope, it wouldn't limit that list. So uh, spoiler alert, now in Vancouver, there is a completely revamped hoe page that not only now matches the current brand, as I mentioned before, but it's much more user oriented. So at the top of the list are going to be things that you have actually been working on. So it'd say, hey, pick up where you left off. Um, similarly, it does the same with your team. So I think ServiceNow as a company is getting better at including aspects of a team oriented developer unit versus <laughs> which I think, which was much more common as a business model of like one developer at a company being judge, jury, and executioner. Um, so it's nice to see that team model reflected in new things that we're creating as well. So not only do you have pick up where you left off, recent activity in general, there's also a lot of execution statistics that you will see um, and also resources. So similar to App Engine Studio, where there's embedded resources for help that is now being done for Flow Designer. So I I really like what they, they basically seem to learn from the change in App Engine Studio and apply those to Flow Designer as well. On to Earl. My next thing is something that focuses around this thing that most dev teams or DevOps teams try to achieve. And it's this idea of unit testing. And so this idea of instead of having so many manual processes of making sure your system is running well every time you do a new release, there is a new feature coming in Vancouver called within the automated test framework that allows you to auto-generate ATF tests. And this is very exciting because if you're you're trying to achieve this autonomous way of making sure your system's not breaking down in ways that you weren't expecting, hey, I released this feature uh, on this custom table and it somehow broke our incident table. Well, you're supposed to be building automated tests to make sure those things are still working. But one of the things is, is it takes a lot of effort to try to get to that point of creating tests and making sure those tests are up to date and making sure they're run every single time a new release happens. Uh, but in Vancouver, they're introducing a way to generate automated um, automated test framework tests. And that's really exciting for the sake of trying to achieve that pie in the sky unit test, uh, the unit, that kind of goal that a lot of companies want to try to achieve within their dev space. But um, I need to, I'm excited about this. I need to read more about it because I think a lot of people will be interested in it. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. These are some of the great things in ATF. If they can generate 
ATF test automatically. My pick, next pick will be something like part of document intelligence. So you might have seen me playing with document intelligence in live coding happy hour, even in live coding happy hour live in knowledge 23. So there is some kind of an issue that was there for developers. Initially, when they were getting the data passed from a document, it was all coming in string. So they had to do some post transformation on top of it and uh, then they have to normalize it. Now we are giving it out of the box. So how cool is that? Now they don't have to do those all post transformation on the data to convert them into string to date and all. I don't even know how to do that, to be honest. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I need to point. revisit the JavaScript series or sometime later. <laughs> and if you don't know how to do it, imagine what 99% of the other people know how to do or don't. Yeah, I think 99% people might be smarter than me. They might be knowing. <laughs> now, <thing>. now, now. <laughs> All right, moving one so, notch up the ladder for me. I'm going to go to Integration Hub where we have got a couple of features that intrigue me. I love my integrations. I like making systems talk to other systems and getting the compiled value out of all of them, something I've been doing for decades. And one of the things that intrigued me about Integration Hub is the ability to do multi-target tables. So you can do an import. Now, this was previously available through some backend stuff with data sources and ETL transforms, and it was pretty complex stuff. But now if you've got incoming data, you can say, this goes to that table, that goes to that table. Haven't used it yet. I really, really, really want to dig into this soon. I, I should note that this is recorded before Vancouver <laughs> uh, uh, EA is available to us. So we're doing some of this on uh, blind marketing slides and what product managers have told us but by the time you hear it we will have had it in our hot little hands for a little bit of while the other thing is check marks so as you're mapping fields back and forth and saying this goes from this source field to that source target field uh it'll show you check marks so you know what you've used before just a handy little mnemonic to go wait did i did i already use updated or i've got two updated fields which one did i use so that'll be much, much handier. Okay, we're yes. getting close. The penultimate on each of our list. Lauren, what's yours? So the number two favorite in Vancouver for me is the overall performance improvements made to Flow Designer. I think that that was always a little bit of a grumble in the developer community is that they really like Flow Designer, but certain aspects of it could have been a little faster. I think there has been multiple times during conferences where I've you know, surreptitiously blamed bad conference Wi-Fi on maybe a slow product at times <laughs> because, hey, I don't know. It's, you know, devil's advocate. <laughs> so I'm very happy to see that there have been, they went through an optimization exercise over the course of Vancouver and it targeted some specific things that had a lot of extra API calls in the back end that were just slowing things down. Some of them were removed entirely. Others were perfected to a point where the overall flow load time has been reduced by 60%. So that's really great. Um, regarding subflows, so if you were adding a subflow to a flow, that time has been reduced by 98%. And probably the most impressive was that the overall logic optimization time has been reduced by 99%. Oh my God. So I'm extremely excited. Like Chuck said, we haven't physically tested this ourselves yet. I am extremely excited to see how much faster this makes the overall application. Absolutely. That's super exciting, especially because it, I know we're talking about Vancouver right now, but I was in some internal threads about uh, they found certain things that were bogging down next experience stuff across the board. Oh. And so 
in future releases, what all the fast things that are happening or all the improvements that flow designer is getting, um, flow designer is going to get even faster along with workspaces and UI builder because they found something that was uh, making a lot of transactions a lot longer than it needed to be. And so they're focusing on stuff like that. And that's really exciting to me. Good. But on the next level on my list, number two uh, would be the redesign, the redesigned app manager. Um, we're going to get into a lot of these things that we're talking about today um, on our tech now episode, but one of the things that I really want to highlight about the redesigned app manager um, for this one is the fact that we're going to be able to queue plugin installations and app installations in the background and let them run um, in sequence. Uh, and the reason why I have to just talk about that one was because uh, I somehow have come into ownership of more more than 200 instances of ServiceNow. And, um, one ring to rule them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody that's logged into support, this is just a fun anecdote. If anybody's logged into support.servicenow.com, previously hi.servicenow.com for, for us veterans, um, when you load that instance, people don't realize that that uh, instance page isn't paginated. It loads the entire list of your instances that you own and tries to put it all on the screen one um, there. And if you do have a pagination, it's already still loaded because it, and so it's fast. I don't think they ever accounted for someone like me that has that many instances assigned to them. And um, the reason why I really like this is because I had to go through all 200 of those instances and manually install um, two or I think three applications from the app manager, but I had to wait each time for all of those to install. So th- imagine me sitting there with 20 tabs open at a time, going through each one, clicking install, and then going back, clicking the next install button once that finished and doing that over and over again for all my instances. So the fact that I can queue them up now in Vancouver is just a delight for me. And w- I wish Literally, that was last release that I had to do all that. And now it's here. And it's just like, okay, well, hopefully <laughs> that helps somebody else out. Well, hey, it's also a great use case for RPA. You could have made an RPA bot to go through them all. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was one of those analysis of like, it's probably faster if I just hit the, hit the buttons True. at this point instead of trying to make <laughs> something or trying to find a programmatic way of doing it. So I, um, and I had the deadline. So I just kind of bit the bullet and did it. American hero. That's not, that's not a short list. <laughs> but there's other cool stuff happening in App Manager. Tune in elsewhere to find out. Ooh. All right, Pranav, what's on your second best list? That didn't sound right. <laughs> Actually, like, this is my, the, the feature that I'm talk about is my top feature. But I know some of you definitely would have picked it as first. So that's why I put it as second. So that nobody can pick it up. So, so it's, it's about... It's like the AI capabilities in RPA, right? So now in latest release of RPA in Vancouver, you can able to invoke any cognitive skills like image classification or sentimental analysis from within the RPA desktop design studio. How cool is that? Like, and this all thing is supported by our ServiceNow AI framework. So I can't talk much about it. You have to watch a create a toolbox episode that will be coming up really soon to to know about all these AI capabilities. My number two pick 
is the spoke generator in Integration Hub. Again, love my integrations. I've done some open API work where you go out and get the YAML file and bring it in and it, it does some pretty cool stuff. This makes it even easier because it will create those actions and steps and whatnot for you out of that YAML. Just to create an entire spoke by importing someone else's open API spec is, is phenomenal to think about. The only thing I can think that would make it better is if we could export an open API from an existing spoke. That would be super awesome. And then we'd get, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm off, off target out here, but I want to take somebody's open API spec bring it in and just create a, all the input parameters, all the steps and actions uh, that, that go into building an action and just come up with a spoke. I'm, I'm still curious because I haven't touched this yet, how it's going to handle authentication. But we'll find out and maybe make a video for you. Ooh. Okay, it's up to the top of the list. We're on everybody's number one. And I think I know what Lauren's is. I think everyone knows what mine is if they know me well. <laughs> so I guess I'll clarify at this point. My overall theme has been objections I heard commonly when I was in sales. So objections mostly with regards to Flow Designer, but also App Engine Studio. So all of my picks revolve around objections being cleared, right? No longer being a uh, an issue. And I think the number one on my list was always the biggest objection I ever heard to Flow Designer was the fact that there was no action or logic that allowed you to elegantly jump back earlier into a flow if a certain thing happened, right? That could be done Workflow editor it was one of the last vestiges that had not been fully made feature parity. And I am so relieved <laughs> to announce that in Vancouver, there is a new go back to logic action within Flow Designer. So not only does this allow you to go backwards to basically go back in time without having to use do until loops, but there's also certain protections made that make sense for the logic that you have created. So for example, you cannot jump into the future because you could be clearing actions that are necessary for your process. You cannot jump into other branches of logic that have not been cleared. So if you're in an if else statement and you use the do, or excuse me, use the go back to you, you can't use that to jump into the if part of the statement because obviously that was false when that happened. So I am so excited to get my hands on it and test it out because that was always one of the biggest objections. So now Everyone's got to use Flow Designer and or come up with more creative objections. <laughs> good one. I love that one. It's a good one to say for number one. Earl, what have you been holding out on us? Number one. Okay, so my number Ooh. one, I always have a little bit of context of why I choose these things. So uh, I know Knowledge 23 was a million years ago at this point, it feels for us, but when Knowledge23 happened, we returned in a big way and had our first in-person hackathon that we hadn't had in a long time because of the pandemic, because of virtual hackathons, etc. But this was our first one back in person. And we mixed things up a bit and we had different categories based off of features. And one of them was that we surprised everybody and said, hey, these Vancouver this Vancouver feature that isn't released yet, we're going to let you all use this as a potential category to compete in. And half of our teams participated in this category. So it was very exciting for people to see what they built with our new generative AI controller. The generative AI controller 
Think of it simply as a way for you to connect your ServiceNow instance to a third-party provider like OpenAI. Uh, and then the controller has built-in functionality that you can utilize throughout the platform of ServiceNow to basically start making generative AI controller stuff. Um, and the reason why this was exciting for me, and I know Gen AI is the talk of the town. It's being talked about everywhere. And some people are already like, well, oh, AI this, AI that. It's like, what, what's going on with it? But I want to tie it back to what I saw in the hackathon because it excites me because the Gen AI controller was so easy to use that people were building um, the most ridiculous of stuff in only eight hours. Just think about that. Like, yeah, it, eight hours feels like a long time at a conference. But eight hours in development is not long at all. Mm -hmm. And so to take the Gen AI controller that ServiceNow is releasing and be able to get up and running so quickly and start building things like, uh, for example, um, one of the Gen AI, Gen AI category winners, uh, Yansa, um, they built a way to automatically summarize their SDLC stories. So um, wow. all their software development stuff. Uh, to be able to quickly summarize and categorize and um, do all this cool generative AI stuff within their uh, SDLC app well, was amazing. And then we also had another team, uh, Team 42, who they made Vital Assist. And that one was this like workspace, workplace health and safety management application that would quickly try to um, provide first aid guidance in, in, during the initial case creation inside virtual agent to actually try to address common things a person can do while they um, file for like a workplace um, safety incident. And so there was really cool stuff that people were making all within eight hours. And that's why it's exciting for me and why I'm okay with all this talk of generative AI stuff across the platform, across Vancouver. It's because this stuff will only make our jobs more enriched and we will be able to get to solutions faster. We will be able to make things that we've never really thought we could make in such a short amount of time. And that's just really exciting to me. And so that was why my number one is about the Gen AI, Gen AI controller. Good call. Good call. All right, Pranav, what's on the top of your list? From top of my list will be from the RPA department. It's the code quality checker. That's I'm really excited about because I have worked with customers in the past, right? So one thing that they all have concern is like the health scan reports that ServiceNow sends them. Maybe like, oh, you are using hard-coded societies or hard-coded passwords, something like that in your environment. Now with this code quality checker in RPA, you will be able to set guardrails for all the code that's, that is in your RPA thing. So no bad code. And sometimes we intentionally or unintentionally use some non-standard stuff in our code so now with this thing it's not possible to do that yeah it's possible if you ignore it but yeah that's a good way to improve your health scan score so that's my topic good stuff better health scan scores for everyone is always a good thing my number one drum roll please is text to code this is using the generative ai stuff to create script which is really handy because in the old days you had to go to the wiki the docs whatever it was code sample from somebody else and learn from their example this lets you get that in a faster more real-time uh way much as as you would uh, start up a 
document or get a, a basis for a letter of recommendation or something from ChatGPT. You simply type slash slash all active incidents and hit command enter on a Mac, control enter on a Windows machine, and it will generate the glide record query. Uh, I did one for an example, and I said, give me all P1 incidents by assignment group and return an object. That's what, that was my prompt that I put in a comment and I hit command enter and it did the glide aggregate. It did the glide record. It created an, an array of objects. It was like, wow, this is really powerful stuff. I'm, I'm very happy. Now you, you, you still want to inspect it, make sure that it's going to do what you want to do and obviously test your code, write things in functions, all those good things. But for the, for somebody who needs help with some of the basics around scripting, this can really get a long way. Is it going to solve all the problems that everybody has when they need to write code? Probably not, but it will get you started. And in some cases, you know, maybe you want to be writing smaller functions to break your code down into smaller testable pieces and do things that way. So text to code, I've tested it out. I'm going to be doing more testing. I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, maybe we do a live coding happy hour in this one. We want to leave you with a quick call to action if you're listening to this. First, check out our content calendar at devlink.sn slash Vancouver. It's got all the stuff we're planning to do for August and September. Videos, podcasts, live streams, blog articles, even some, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff out there. So go check it out, devlink.sn slash Vancouver. And if you haven't already done so, claim a Vancouver PDI, personal developer instance, over at developer.servicenow.com or upgrade one if you've already got that. Go and upgrade it to Vancouver. May take a little while for you to do that upgrade. You know, it's getting faster all the time, but it does take some time, so schedule it accordingly. You can do your own change request if you like. <laughs> and of course, check out the release notes at docs.servicenow.com. Also invite you to follow all of us on social media. Lauren McManaman, Chuck Tomasi, Earl Duque and Pranav Bhagat, because you never know who's going to be socializing what. We are running these all off an individual, uh, our own individual accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter X, whatever we're calling it today, if it exists <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, did I say that out loud? Uh, threads? Well, we're even posting stuff out to the newer, newer social medias as well. So follow us. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Thank you once again for joining us today, wonderful listener. And don't forget, we have other podcasts that you can download, listen to on the airplane, wherever you like. You can find them at servicenow.com slash community under the events menu or go to devlink.sn slash podcasts and find them. There's lots of great information about innovation, training, and federal. Just I think they're releasing like four at a time every week. It's very bizarre. Uh, Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. Executive producers are me and Lauren. Videos and captions by Earl Duque. And to find out more about the ServiceNow developer program, I mentioned it before, you can head over to developer.servicenow.com. Thank you so much, Pranav, Earl, and Lauren for sharing all this wonderful Vancouver stuff. Thank you as always. Yay! Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Hi. Hi. Welcome aboard. Let's get started, shall we? Hi, everybody. Get started.
You're first, Earl. Earl, do you have your top five list? Top five? Oh, man, I barely got up to like four. What do we do? What do we do? We're going to go five, four, three, two, one. The lovely immutable. Are you immutable? I don't know. We'll go with that. It's just an adjective that I picked at random. Can I do that part over? Don't you dare. Obi-Wan. Did someone say Obi-Wan? Weird. I smoked a power supply in Scotland. That'd be so fun. No. Yes. I mean, sort of. I, yeah, I made sort of. It's time to play Name That Power Adapter. I, I was like, oh, I forgot my adapter. <laughs> Where am I? Breakpoint is brought to you by... Yeah, 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 I'm getting there. I don't have to pay attention. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Man, do I wish, Earl, you were not on mute when that spider came up. I don't like spiders, okay? What is happening? What is happening? This might be the end. I think it's a good thing.